Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. The Tim Hill Podcasts. Ordinary people's extraordinary stories. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcasts. In this episode, I'm going to have a chat with Madonna. Madonna's going to tell us uh, all about her life and uh, her winning life went to and the education that you received. So, you're in the winner's podium. (laughs) Well, I thank you, Tim. And first of all, I want to say to you and all of your listeners, good morning from America, from uh, Washington State. I was not born in Washington State. I was actually born on the Pensacola Naval Base in Florida, which means daddy was a sailor. And Hello, sailor. Yes, I guess that's what my mother said. <laughs> and, if, and of course, in Pensacola, when you or, or any place where you have a naval base, that's a supply of husbands. <laughs> so, like you said, hello, sailor. <laughs> I was raised in a white conservative of Boston, Massachusetts. And Tim, I got to tell you, it was way too much fun because at that time I was colored <laughs> in the, in, in the sixties. I was are you, are you sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, did, yes. Did anybody because, notice? Because, oh, let's see. Um, when you are the only person <laughs> who's has a permanent tan <laughs> in 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 your uh, elementary <laughs> in your elementary class. Uh, And in fact, in the school that I went to, there were only three little colored children anyway. (laughs) So life was real interesting. And I will tell you that not all the children bullied me. There were four, (laughs) and I still remember their first names and last names. And they just followed me from grade to grade while I was in elementary school. Oh, my goodness. And I'll tell you something, too, Tim. I think those four little white boys were also Catholic. And I would overhear them saying, oh, we had to go to confession. (laughs) On Saturday, <laughs> and 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 I used to wonder, did they confess how many times they said cruel, mean things to the only colored girl <laughs> in their classroom? Did they? Did they confess mm. that they called me little black bull weevil, or a slave, or old black Joe, <laughs> which really <laughs> confused me. Because, um, oh gosh, Tim, I'll tell you, I hated whenever we went uh, over the Civil War in history. <laughs> because you know, being being the being the only colored person who could you know be a slave or you know the Negro mm. in, in in the class, and then to have the music teacher tie in. Civil War era songs too, which Old Black Joe was was one of those, and so that's why I was also called uh. Old Black Joe. And there was a song about the bow weevil too. The bow weevil is a little mm. black bug. Yes, yeah. so that's why those colorful names were also added to the repertoire of of, of those four <laughs> little white boys that made my life miserable. Um, so how did you go from, from your dad being in the Navy and you're born on Pensacola Naval Base? How did you end up in Boston? Because Boston's a little way from the sea, isn't it? Uh, 
Tim, I had no choice. I had, to, I was a, I, I, I was a baby. I had to follow my uh, parents. When, when my father um, finished his tour in the Navy, he decided to move to Boston. He, he was raised in the St. Louis area and he just moved us to Boston, perhaps because there's a naval base there. <laughs> and he worked for the veterans hospital for, for a while, while, while he was, you know, getting himself mm. together before he was going to go on to do what he, what, what he eventually um, did for work. So Tim, that's how I got to Boston uh-huh. as a, as, as an infant, <laughs> I had no <laughs> choice in the matter, Tim. <laughs> you didn't get a sighting. <laughs> <laughs> So your elementary school was pretty miserable then. Yes, and also junior high school. Oh my goodness! I think by the time I was in junior high school, there were maybe five to six colored kids at the time. An incident, oh, that I. Most remember, (laughs) there were many, but this one sticks out. (laughs) It was after gym class. I was going into the locker room. My locker was open and my wallet was gone. So I'm looking around. And the next thing I know, two white girls threw my wallet at me, calling me the N-word, and then shoved me into my open metal locker, which of course scratched me up and I was bleeding a little bit from from the Mm. scratches. Tim, I was so scared. I was so scared. I weighed maybe about 99 pounds, (laughs) making me very skinny. And and so it hurt (laughs) being shoved into that locker. Here I am, Tim, shaking, crying, went to the gym teacher, and I said, I shared the names of these two girls, and I said that they pushed me into the locker and took my wallet and stole my money. And the gym teacher, I will never forget, those piercing blue eyes looked at me and said, now, Madonna, those are nice girls. And they wouldn't do anything like that. Tim, come on. (laughs) I'm crying. I'm scratched up. I'm bleeding. And the teacher did nothing. I was between a rock and a hard place. I walked back over to my locker. And the girls were there. This time they weren't calling me the N-word. They were calling me a tattletale. (laughs) You know, I'm looking up like, oh, why? Why me? Like, what's going on? Why? Why? Uh, The incident in high school that most changed me was when a young lady by the name of Beth. Now, I was a senior during this time, and Beth was a sophomore. Beth, now this is the 70s. Beth was grossly overweight, which was an exception during that time Hmm. in the early 70s. And she was maybe about... Five nine, uh, she had like cotton candy hair, so that you know you could see her scalp. You know what I mean. And she was also cross-eyed and wore uh, glasses that were that cut that magnified her her eyes. Mm-hmm. And 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 she had buck teeth. Well, she was she she was. Teased. So she's pretty then. Yeah, <laughs> she was she was teased, and of course, any time that she was teased, I was glad. Because the focus wasn't on me. And anybody who has ever, 
ever been teased will understand mm. what I'm talking about. When it's when it's not your turn to be unmercifully teased, you're like, oh, it's not me this time. Now, Beth, bless her heart, was in the choir and also on our drill team. So at halftime, when the band came out and the drill team was there, there was Beth. Now, as far as the choir goes, kids would tease her and say, oh, look, there wasn't a, cry, a choir robe to fit Beth, so they had to go get a pup tent. So ha, 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 Beth's wearing a tent. And then on the field, as part of the drill team, our school colors were orange, black, and white. Beth in that orange jacket looked like a pumpkin. And the guys would yell out from the stands, hey, look, Charlie Brown, there's the great pumpkin. And everybody would laugh. During Beth's sophomore year, she was absent for a stretch of time. And word got around that she had cancer. I don't know if you remember being 17, Tim, <laughs> but when you're in high school and, and you hear about a teenager having cancer, it's like you can't believe it because who gets cancer? Well, older mm -hmm. people get cancer. So, you know, so that, so it seemed like it was just a rumor swirling around. When Beth returned to school after being out for about two and a half months, oh my goodness, Tim, she looked like a whole different person. She had lost a lot of weight and her hair was straight. She wasn't wearing her glasses. She looked absolutely gorgeous. She looked absolutely gorgeous. She looked like a fashion model who had stepped off the cover of a teen magazine. And everybody was, ooh, look at Beth, look at Beth. And the only way I could recognize her was because she had a few friends who were shorter than her. So I recognized the friends. And then I thought, oh, is that Beth? Like I said, Tim, she looked absolutely gorgeous and she even had this glow. I saw this glow that she that 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 she had. And it was like, oh, everybody wanted to be your best friend now. Okay. <laughs> that was like on a Wednesday. <clears throat> the following Monday, excuse me. The following Monday. The principal had gone through the routine of saying the Pledge of Allegiance over the PA. And then he said, Beth's mother, Beth's mother came to visit me and wanted me to read this letter to the school. Beth had died over the weekend from Beth had died hmm. and Beth had had a choice when the doctors told her that she only had a week to live. She wanted to go to school. In the letter he wrote her, that her mother wrote and when it read to the school, it said that Beth loved high school. She loved to sing, and that's why she was in the choir. And that's why she was on the drill team. You could not hear a pin drop in the classroom. Because we were all basically thinking the same thing. She had been bullied. She had been teased because of her weight. And he... And here the principal is reading this letter that she loved, that she loved her school experience. Tim, I was 17, as I said before, and I was so angry at Beth. 
I was angry because I thought if it had been me and I had been given one week to live, there's no way I would have gone to school. Mm. There's no way I would have spent my last week in a school where I was bullied unmercifully. And so I was angry at her that she did that. But I wasn't angry very long because I started thinking about Beth and I realized at the age of 17, I mean, excuse me, she was a sophomore. Hmm. She lived her own life on her own terms. Obviously, she didn't care about her weight. She loved to sing. So she was in a choir. Hmm. She loved her school. So she was on the drill team. She lived her life to the fullest without thinking about what people said about her. That was the wake up call for me. I realized there is nothing, absolutely nothing I can do about the color of my skin. There there isn't anything that I can do about it. And it's not about me. It is about other people. Hmm. Now, yes, I was teased by white kids, but I was also teased by the few black kids too. And, <laughs> and, and the inner city <clears throat> black kids, when I would go visit cousins who, who lived in the inner cities, they teased me because of my demeanor and how I speak. They would say, oh, you think you're white. You know, you're acting white. Well, <laughs> I told you. I couldn't catch a break. Yeah, couldn't make it up. I, you know, you can't make this. In, 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 in fact, oh, Tim, let me tell you this quick story. Oh, my goodness. We were visiting. <clears throat> we were visiting relatives in the inner city. In a low-income area, okay? Obviously, uh, my parents were middle-class <laughs> Negroes living in the suburbs. And here we are visiting uh, lower-class um, relatives in, in the inner city. And there was a time when, you, when, when, when uh, adults would uh, visit with each other, when they would send the kids outside, that was the thing. You go outside. You don't sit around and listen to adult and indulge in adult conversation. <clears throat> so my male cousin was like, oh, gosh. Oh, Madonna's got to hang out with me. Now, he warned me, Tim. He said, don't open your mouth, Madonna. Don't say anything. But I'm not understanding, Tim. I'm not understanding <laughs> why I'm not supposed to say anything. So anyway, he and I are outside on the pavement, you know, because there's no grass, you know, we're we're outside on the pavement. His friends come along, you know, what's up, ma'am, whatever. And they're talking and somebody said something. And I said, oh, gosh, that's gross. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. I guess that's not the right sort of language to use in that particular neighborhood. No, I mean, it was like the earth stood still. Everyone froze. And my cousin, of course, is going, I told her not to say anything. (laughs) And my cousin's friends, boom, zeroed right in on me and gross gosh and 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 I'm stupid naive yes <laughs> <laughs> and then these kids <clears throat> these black males just turned so vicious <laughs> oh so you think you're white you know, I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, oh, and I said, no, <laughs> no. And I'm thinking in my head, 
oh, the white kids remind me of what color I am. And I think they were going to beat me up because they were like moving in on me. Like I was a, you know, a target of their hatred of white people or something. And now my cousin has divided loyalties <laughs> because <laughs> these are his friends. And he told me not to say anything because he knew what would happen. And on the other hand, if he lets me get beat up, beaten up, he is going to be in trouble because you're supposed to look after your cousins. And uh, these are the relatives with money. <laughs> you know, we don't want anything to happen to Madonna. <laughs> you know? Well, oh, and so you can see my cousin was in a dilemma. And then he's got to start doing some fast talking to to get us both out of there, you know, and 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 he did. And as and as we are fleeing you know, away, <laughs> he said to me, I told you to keep your mouth shut, you know, and I'm there. Well, I, uh, 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 you know, because I didn't understand. The cultural, you know, I just, I just didn't understand, but mm -hmm. I understand that, oh, there's a difference of culture in our family and how people are perceived. And then I thought, I just can't catch a break. The white kids are calling me the N word and the black kids are, <laughs> oh, you think you're white. You think you're better than us. And, you know, it is like, oh. I'm there. Thanks. You know, it's like, thanks, God. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, come on. Oh, I used to talk to God a lot because I would come home crying and I'd say, why did you make me this color? Why? Why did you make me this color? Because my life was so miserable and I cried and cried. And of course, I didn't tell my parents I was being bullied. I didn't tell them because most because most kids don't. And obviously, Beth mm -hmm. did not tell her parents that 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 she was being bullied. But anyway, that was a turning point for me. And I promised myself that I would always carry Beth in my heart because I was ashamed that I teased her behind her back because I wasn't going to say anything to her in front of her face like the other kids. But, <clears throat> but I teased her behind her back and I was, as I mentioned before, glad when she was teased because it wasn't me. But I came to the realization that, like I said before, and this is very important because I do go out and talk to uh, children about being bullied, that you are who you are and the bullying is not about you. It is about that other person and their perception of you. You... you um, I eventually learned that you can be bullied about anything, your height, your weight, your color, where you live, where your parents live, the kind of car your parents drive. Uh, you could be absolutely gorgeous and, and be bullied. It, it, it doesn't matter because when you're bullied, you think that you are the only one in the world who is being treated so cruel and mm. it's and 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 something is wrong with you and you don't want to be you you is wonderful <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, know, you have to get to you is wonderful and it's the other people that have <clears throat> that that have the problem now, anyway uh i decided this is me. I want to go into the fashion industry. That's something I always wanted to do. And I said, that's what I am going to do. After high school, I went to a two-year private all-girls school in, in, in uh, the Boston area, the most proper part of Boston, where they had the tea parties. Yeah, oh, oh yes, Back Bay. Back <laughs> Bay. And in fact, <clears throat> all the other schools, whether it was uh, Harvard, MIT, Tufts, what, whatever, 
all the other schools knew that we went to Chamberlain. That's I went to Chamberlain School of Retailing for two years, darling. And we had to dress in a professional manner every single day. Now, this is a time in the 70s where everybody's wearing like T-shirts and jeans mm. to call, you know, when they're, when, and, and so we, so we sort of stuck out, <laughs> but <laughs> here I am. Talk about, talk about make yourself a target. <laughs> here I am again, Tim, I am a target again, but who cares? I'm out of high school. I was so glad to graduate. And I was in a situation where I absolutely bloomed. <clears throat> I eventually became the editor-in-chief of the yearbook. I was in charge of running the fashion show. And I learned that I was smart and that... I had so much potential. The, the environment was just the environment that I needed to become the retail executive that I finally became. Upon graduating, now just to, to touch on the prejudice, because Boston was very racist, um, The, the store that I, the major department store that I finally wound up working at, at first they did not hire me to be an executive. Why? I don't know. Possibly it was the color of my skin. The local black organization, every once in a while, you know, they get upset about something and just before I graduated, they were upset that there were not enough black executives at the local department stores. And they started naming <laughs> the major stores <laughs> on the news and in print. And you know what happens. There's a knee jerk, you know, the stores, because mm. that's bad publicity. There was a knee jerk reaction of, We've got to find some Negroes, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> preferably females, because they're a twofer. Because you've hired a woman and you've hired a Negro. Yeah. Okay, so so <laughs> I, so so couple points. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they sent all the top executives out to uh, all of the uh, graduating ceremonies <laughs> around the Boston area to find, you know, to go shopping for a female Negro. <laughs> Which is <laughs> and uh, at my graduation, the uh, vice president in charge of personnel or human services, as they call it now, was there. I gave a speech. And I received an award for my high academic achievement and leadership ability. Well, there I was the perfect, perfect. The perfect female. There I was. And he, he spoke to the director. He said, and just where is that one going? <laughs> no, that's what she said. He pointed at me and said, where is that one going? Come on. I'm the only black Negro standing in the graduation. Where's that one going? <laughs> and the director was proud to say, you know, oh, here, there, you know, the different stores. Uh, I'd like to call her. And I was recruited. He called me at home, introduced himself, and... Um, I came in from the top down. Now, I don't know if he knew I was uh, rejected <laughs> before <laughs> from the coveted executive training program where the store only brought in uh, and trained eight people. Now, I'm the ninth. And uh, I don't know if that was ever brought up to the vice president in charge of everything, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know if, they, you know, we rejected her, <laughs> but no, 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 when you come in from the top, 
the vice president himself of the company. Yes. Yes. And uh, some of the customers had a problem with the color of my skin. They did. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, Tim, thank goodness I was bullied because I had a thick skin. I had a thick skin. And there was a, uh, there was a um, run-in between me and one of the buyers. Uh, I was in charge of the Young Juniors Department. And the buyer was an absolutely horrible witch. She was. And, um, and, and she was a bully. She was a known bully. And when I was transferred to be the executive in charge of her department, she didn't like it. And she was always mean to me. And I was always respectful to her. And then one day she just came after me and <clears throat> she called me everything she was thinking of. She called me the N word with the witch word followed. You know, I don't know if you actually want me to say the word, but, you know, it begins with a B. And she called me the uh, the black B. And I don't know why they hired that in I don't know and this was on the selling floor and we were on the fourth floor and I didn't say a word to her I was angry but I did not say a word to her I walked off the selling floor with my head held high I just walked off the floor and that made her angry too now where are you going that you know whatever you know and I walked straight over to my divisional manager and I said, today will be my last day working here. If you do not transfer me to another department. And she was on the phone talking to somebody and she looked at me like, hey, I got to go. You know, what? You know, because... She knew the type of worker I was. And if I'm coming into her office with a controlled anger of, yeah, you know, and, and boy, I'll tell you, that buyer went down four escalators <laughs> and out the front <laughs> door, ranting about me, calling me the N-word and everything, all the way to the buying offices across the street. And she was like on the eighth floor all the way up. And the only reason I know that is because, yes, of course, we became the hot topic of the day. You know, my phone started ringing and, 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 and different executives were like, let me just make my way to the floor. Like, um, hi, Madonna. Um, what happened? You know, because everybody wanted to know what happened. And there were even buyers that I had worked for before in other departments, they were on the phone calling me saying, listen, if Nancy doesn't want you to work for her, you can come back and, you know, work in my department, you know, because you did a really good job for me. So anyway, things were resolved. Things were resolved. I stayed in that department and the buyer was reprimanded. And when my boss told me that she, you know, I smiled and she said, Madonna, don't smile. That woman's going to be coming for you. You watch your back. You watch your back. And uh, to just, just, just to finish this, she and I eventually, we weren't friends, but we became cordial. And it got to the point where she said to me, Madonna, uh, the department looks absolutely wonderful. Uh, I have been telling, you know, our bosses about that. Did they say anything to you about it? And I said, no. And she goes, oh, fine. I call you the N-word. Everybody's on me. But when I tell them you're doing a good job, they didn't <laughs> say anything. And, and, and then when, when I eventually left, she came to visit me and she said, are you leaving because of something that I did? And I laughed and I said, no, no, no. So, <laughs> but, but you see, we got to a point where we could, you know, work, mm. work together and it became pleasant for, for both of us. But what we had to go through to get there, you know, it was like, yeah. whoa, but, 
like I said, well, I guess it, I, I guess it made it a, a, a better environment for everybody that worked there as well, without having that friction. Oh yes, yes, yes. I mean, it yes. must must have been depressing for for other people on the floor. Oh yes, I mean when 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 I was working, um, when I was managing other departments in the children's division. I would hear stories like, oh, gosh, Nancy flew in today, made the salesperson cry. And, you know, we would laugh. <laughs> and then I was transferred <laughs> to manage that department. And, whoa, and I wasn't laughing anymore, Tim. <laughs> no. Mm -mm. I wasn't laughing. But thank goodness I was bullied. You, you understand? You follow me? Yeah. I had that thick skin because I knew there was no way in the world um, I was going to let this woman reduce me to tears because of all of the awful things she was saying to me, because that's what a bully wants. They want mm. you to feel bad. They, mm. they, they want to demean you. They want to take your dignity away so that they can feel better, you know, yeah. um, but I just held my head up high, didn't say anything, and walked off the floor and did what I needed to do with with, with my managers who, you know, I'll tell you, lickety split. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I I would say within I would say within two hours things were resolved because they had to resolve them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody from the because this went straight to the top and the and the uh personnel director who brought me in spoke directly to that buyer and said this is not the kind of behavior that you displayed is not appropriate and just you know didn't sit well with the store because remember she was cursing and calling me the n-word down down four escalators to the main floor out of the building, across the street, and eight floors. So there were way too many witnesses, you know, especially if I wanted to file yeah. a lawsuit. There was there was way too many witnesses. That's that's too much bad publicity, right? That's too much bad publicity, and there's too many witnesses. And so they nipped it in the bud right away. Mm. So let's move on a bit. Okay. Uh, how did you get into uh, being a bit of a runner? Was that <laughs> running away from problems? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, running, running down well. the street. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hey, you came became okay. so good at running? <laughs> uh, Tim, I was not an athlete. No running in school at all. In fact, my high school did not have a did not have a girls track team. Uh, I was like the fastest kid on the playground, but it wasn't registering to me. I did like watching the Olympics and I did fancy myself after watching, um, you know, the American sprinters during uh, like the 64 Olympics who, who, who were black, who looked like me, who were winning medals. Uh, you know, I was like, Ooh, you know, I'd like to be her. <laughs> And I'd go out in the backyard and play 100-yard dash. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. And, you know, I went into the fashion industry. Then eventually, uh, my husband and I moved out here to Washington State so he wouldn't have to shovel snow anymore in Boston. And um, <clears throat> at the age of 57, now I was teaching fashion marketing at the time. At the age of 57, Tim, it just hit me. I heard. I had this overwhelming feeling to run a hundred meters. It was, <clears throat> it was like build an arc or build a field and they will come, you know, like <laughs> the field of One of those epiphany moments. <laughs> yes. Honestly, honestly, it was either the voice of God or it was Disney saying, you know, um, <laughs> and, and I couldn't shake the feeling. I could not shake that feeling. It stayed with me for a couple of days. It was just run a hundred meters, run a hundred meters. So I said to my husband, who was actually a sprinter, <laughs> you know, in, in, in high school, college, and, and he was a track coach too, because he, he taught 
high high school. Uh, I said, I want to run a hundred meters. And he said, okay, well, you know, <laughs> you know, all right. Go on in. Go on in. <laughs> and, and, and he was real old school. I had to walk and jog with a backpack that had five pounds of bricks <laughs> and ankle weight. <laughs> I was then entered into the Washington State Senior Games. I ran the 50 meters and the 100 meters. And Tim, this is just on a whim. You know, everybody else is, they're all like, yeah, you know, this is this is what we do. And we've been doing this since high school and college and and you know and we're trainers and track coaches and stuff and here I am <laughs> I I like to liken myself to Forrest Gump you know run Forrest run yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought well the only thing I have to do is run in a straight line as fast as I can this is what you know because yeah. I'm out here on a whim and I did that for the 50 meters and I won. And then I did that in the 100 meters and I won. And, and everybody was all excited. Oh, what track club are you with? You know, well, I'm not with a track club. I'm just doing this on a whim. And they said, <clears throat> you should you should race next year. And if you do, you can qualify for nationals. And I'm like, what the heck's nationals? I just came up here, you know, and they go, you could go to nationals. And what nationals? Well, Tim, obviously I ran again and I qualified for nationals. And I was like, evidently that little voice that said, run a hundred meters, knew what it was talking about. Right. You know, yeah. you know, my husband and I go to nationals and the, the national senior games in Cleveland. I run a hundred meters and I just missed being in the final. I came in ninth place and I'm, I'm happy about that. Like, you know, okay. Then there was an opportunity to be on a four by 100 relay team, Tim. And I've never run a relay before in my life, but I've watched it on television. And, and I know the Americans always did well. You know, I said always <laughs> Did well, you know, it was like instant. Oh, you know, the Yanks are going to get it. You know, <laughs> now uh, Great Britain is doing a wonderful job. Uh, yes, you know, cha challenging the, the, the United States in track and field. So anyway, there, there was a team. Now, this is a team of world-class women who, who run. They run all around the world and they were down one person. They needed a fourth. So I volunteered to run in the relay. And, and, and Tim, it was like, okay, show up 15 minutes before the race. Check in. So I check in, and the ladies are all talking about who's going to run what leg. And, 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 and they said, okay, Madonna, what leg you want to run? And I'm, what? <laughs> Tim, I'm like, what? And then I said, I've never done this before. I've never done this before. <laughs> now the clock's ticking, Tim. And they're like, what? <laughs> One woman was kind enough to just take me aside to the track. Bless her heart. She was a track, a, a track coach out of Georgia, had been uh, coaching track for like 30 years. And in about 12 minutes, she taught me what to do. I was going to be the first leg because I'd be handing off the baton, handling the baton once <laughs> you, you come yeah. around the curve. Right. Okay. And I would be handing off to her. So, okay. Okay. I'm listening and everything. Okay. Tim, what I didn't realize was as the first person, I have to run a curve. All I've ever done is run in a straight line. Right line. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I am lined up. You know, in the first line is Madonna Hannah. You know, and I'm like, there's a curve. <laughs> the off them. I run as fast as I can and I'm running the curve and I pass the baton off. Didn't drop it, you know, bottle it or anything like that. And then um, 
My team came in third. So yay, I helped the team win a bronze medal. But the thing is, the first place team won and broke a world record. Here we are on the podium. And of course, bronze gets their medal first. And we know when I bow, you know, to get my medal, the first place team went into a huddle. And then they all started saying, good job, Madonna. Good job, Madonna. And I'm like, what? Oh, the word, <laughs> the word must have got around like, yeah, look at that team over there. That woman has never run a leg before. She never, that right? Because why are they going to say good job, Madonna? The next thing I know, Tim, everybody, everybody in the stadium is saying good job, Madonna, except for my husband, because he's stunned. And a man next to him says, say good job, Madonna. You know, like, okay, all right. <laughs> no, so anyway, anyway, um, I have obviously continued. Along the way, racing, I ruptured my Achilles. That's when I was 62. I ruptured, severely ruptured my left Achilles. The surgeon said um, I'd never run again. I wouldn't have that explosive speed. Went into rehab. Obviously, uh, I'm running. Mm -hmm. I ran again in 2017. Won the 50 and the 100 again. Uh, and that's also the time when my uh, husband had his first bout of cancer. He would have two more bouts of cancer and pass away uh, November uh, 2018. And before he passed away, <clears throat> he said he wanted me to continue to run and to build up my thighs. Uh, I was heading into another national and I said, well, I need a coach to help me like tweak things. I now have a coach who is on Team USA track and field, Marcus Chambers, 400-meter specialist. Uh, I did ask some boomers. I did ask I asked two <laughs> boomers to coach me, but they were too busy. And the one boomer introduced me to my coach, who is a millennial. And I thought, my goodness, when I retired from teaching, I was teaching millennials. Now this millennial is going to teach me <laughs> and, and it is quite, he's, 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 he's quite the accomplished because when uh, the person who recommended him, you know, she said, well, I'm going to reach, may I reach out to this person and have him call you? He's an Olympic hopeful. Um, he went to Oregon, which is like one of the best track colleges in the United States. He's he's a multiple NCAA champion. He's been All-American eight time. He's a Pac-12. When he was in high school, he was a national champion. And he went to the Junior Olympics and won medals. May I have him call you? You know, I'm like, well, okay, sure. <laughs> Twist my arm. Twist my arm. Tim. You think it's good enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim. I'll you know, we, we, we had our little interview he decided, you know, obviously to, to, to coach me. And I thought it was going to be like a one and done thing. Tim, for people of a certain age, when you get yourself into a situation, because when Marcus became my coach, remember, I was used to my husband. And by this time, I was like 65. <clears throat> I was used to the training. You know, my mm -hmm. husband, the backpack and the jogging. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. With this kid, no. <laughs> you know, it's it's real track workout, you know. It's, it's, and it's ice like, bath after, no doubt. It was, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm running these time sprints. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And in the beginning, I thought, oh, my gosh. I, I had a bad attitude. I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. That's what I said. I can't do this, what this kid wants me to do. And then I remembered as an educator and as a retail executive in corporate, corporate retail executive, if somebody had come to me and said, I can't do this, what would I have said? Oh, we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there is because there were times, yes, you know, as as that executive, I had a group of people who had to meet a goal. I had to motivate them to meet the goal. And then, of course, 
when you're an educator. Kids say, but I don't want to do this. It's too hard. I, you know, I give them the look because, you know, I was strict. You know, <laughs> give them the look. Yes, we're going to do this. You know, we are going to do this. I'm going to tell you why we're going to do this. And I'm going to tell you how you're going to do it. And I'm going to be right with you. And so that's what I said to myself. That's what I said to myself, because it's like, Madonna, you know better. Suck it up and do it. <laughs> you know, come on, come on. And that's what happened. But but I had to go through that transition because the training was so different. And sometimes, mm. as I said, when you're older and you're kind of set in your ways, when you're used to something, then it's like, why do I have to change? <clears throat> why do I have to change? But the change is good because obviously, obviously, uh, my third national senior games netted me this silver medal in the four by 100. And yes, I knew what to do this time. <laughs> Did like, you get the corner to run on? No, no, no. They <laughs> <laughs> gave you the straight bit, did they? Yeah. Coach, coach gave me the second leg. And I said, why did you? do that because you know I only have experience running running you know the curve and he said because you are a pure 100 meter racer you're gonna run as fast as you can in a straight line <laughs> so I finally Tim in the relay I got to run in a straight line as fast as I could <laughs> um now as far as how how my coach has helped me um when when I competed in in 2019 in New Mexico in the uh, senior games, I was ranked 17th in the nation in my age group in the 100 meters. And I was ranked 16th, my age group, in the 50 meters. This time around, from 2019 to 2022, the 50 meters, I I didn't make it to the finals, but I'm now 10th. So I went from 16th to 10th in the nation, and my time was 8.98. And my best time was 8.91 11 years ago. So you see, I'm moving in the right direction. Mm. Okay, because that's an 11 year span and I'm getting faster. And plus, remember, I had that ruptured Achilles. So, you know, in, in 2011, I didn't have that ruptured Achilles and ran 891. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is how much my coaches helped me hmm. in the 100 meters. I was ranked 17th. Now I am ranked seventh in the nation wow. in my age group now um i captured that eighth <laughs> that eighth spot the eighth and last spot <laughs> in <laughs> in the hundred meters and i ran 1709 of course, my coach is happy because he's a young coach. He's still on the tour himself. In fact, he was supposed to be racing in Puerto Rico, but he went with me to um, the national event in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and he's glad that he did. You know, um, <laughs> so so anyway, he's all excited and happy, and 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 he said, "Okay, we got to get ready for your first ever final tomorrow." And I'm like, "Oh." Yay! I get to run in the hot sun again as fast as I can, but I'm 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 happy. And in fact, Tim, after I had finished my prelim and while I was waiting, I was being interviewed. I was like, wait a minute, you know, because on television you see when somebody has you know finished their race and they're like, and these are young folks like. You know, and they're being interviewed. You're being asked questions like, well, how do you feel? What do you do? Like, well, you know, and, and you have to, here I am, Tim. That was me. That was me being interviewed. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> you know, well, do you know what your time was? Uh, no. 
that's my coach. <laughs> you know, that's my coach. And he goes, well, uh, uh, I I have your time at 17.09. Now, you didn't have the best start. You were like fifth leading, you know, fifth uh, heading into the 50 meters. And then you were fourth. And then you were third. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Because I don't know all this, Tim. Because I was just running. <laughs> and then he's got his cell phone. And he's got his little pad of paper here asking me questions. And so he looks at my coach and he says, uh, okay, I had her at 17.09. What did you have? And he says, and of course, coach says, I'm waiting for the official results. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and <laughs> you know, my coach is 27, you know, and I know he's hoping inside, you know, and then, you know, he goes away. I'm still being interviewed. My coach comes back and he says, your time was 16.62. So, Tim, I took <clears throat> over half a second off my run from the day before. And and uh, he said, uh, uh, you ran 16.62. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, I ran the 17.09. Okay, that's, I'm getting confused here. Okay, I ran the 17.09 which got me into eighth place. And then he, uh, and then my coach um, said it official. Yes, 17.09 and you're in. And I was so happy. And you know what, Tim? I was saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And the reporter <laughs> wrote all of that down. He wrote down every single, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And he said, <laughs> yeah, she kept saying this. And then she hugged her coach and said, oh my gosh, again. And the only reason I bring that up is because of what we talked about yeah. before. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. But this time it was okay. They don't say anything. <laughs> nobody was going to beat me up, you know, <laughs> for being black and saying, oh my gosh. And and I was so excited. I put my warm up pants on backwards, and that's how <laughs> the reporter ended the story. Okay, Madonna's going to do the finals, and uh, she was so excited. She put her warm up pants on backwards. Now, okay, I'm, I'm the local fashionista. I am the local fashionista. Let me tell you, you know, my background in the fashion industry. I've taught fashion. They give people fashion tips, and you know, and people who know me were and just then you like, put your pants on backwards. Yes, my daughter put her pants on backwards. You know. Well, is that is that because you want to start a new trend? Yeah, yes, yes. Put your <laughs> warm ups on. Yes, darling. Whenever you know, this was my first time getting into a national final. How did I celebrate? Madonna put her warm ups on backwards. Yeah, you know. No, so anyway, they'll all be doing it now. Yeah. So anyway, the next day, the next day, uh, here I am in seventh in seventh place, and I'm out there. I'm in the final, and I don't know why I said this to my coach. I said uh, I'm in the finals, and I said everyone's fast, and you know, and this kid's laid back. He's there, Madonna. Everybody in a final is fast you know <laughs> the 27-year-old saying this to the 68-year-old madonna everybody is fast <laughs> you know like, oh, yeah that's right <laughs> that's right so anyway yeah. Yeah, of course and and so i i, I placed seventh and my time was 1662 and so i took a half second off i had no idea <laughs> I was going to run uh, even faster. But I remember what my coach had said before I started racing. He said, Madonna, you are physically stronger than you think you are. Just go for it. Just have fun and run. You're stronger than you think. And it just hit me to just boom, 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 boom. And that 1662 time, Tim, which catapulted me from 17th in the nation to 7th, that is my personal best. Because nine years ago, I ran 100 meters in 1682. And that was in Cleveland when I placed 9th. 
And so as you can see with my coach's training, his training, his expertise and my determination, because remember, I heard that voice that said, run a hundred meters, run a hundred meters, run a hundred meters. And it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> my time, my time is dropping, right? <clears throat> I mean, I mean, this is amazing, isn't it? You'll be number one before you know it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's that has to be my goal. Uh, my my goal to keep myself motivated and all excited and everything has to has to be to uh, break the Washington State record, and then go on to start breaking records uh, nationally and, and and around the world because I'm getting older. Yeah. And I'm getting faster. <laughs> I'm getting older <laughs> and I'm getting faster, Tim. Yay! Brilliant. And, and, and Tim, that brings us up to date. <laughs> there we go. So, thanks. I really, really, really enjoyed this chat. It's such a bubble. Thank it's you. so inspirational. I mean, wow. I can see you making number one. That's the goal. Just go for it. Just exactly. And my parting <clears throat> message, because I know we're running out of time here. One, for kids who are bullied. Just know that it is not about you. You are... You are so wonderful and special and you have so many talents. And Tim, maybe you know this, maybe you don't know this, but there are so many suicides. There are so many suicides yeah. because kids are just like going online and they're seeing all these horrible things that are said about them or they're in school and they don't see any hope and they're taking their lives because they're being bullied. Mm. And no, don't, don't. Don't, don't. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I am the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, tell. You know, you have to keep telling. Tell mm -hmm. your parents. Tell the teachers. Tell the administrators. Uh, and at the same time, you have to realize that you have to have compassion for that bully. I know it sounds hard. It's like, yeah. why should I feel bad for him? Because he or he or she, and it's because they're, they're a person who was hurt and they're hurting other people. And parents need to, and I'm going to say need, need to teach their children empathy. They need to teach their children empathy and if somebody comes to you and says your child is a bully, you need to ask questions and not immediately say, oh, people are just pulling, you know, uh, picking on my child. You know, mm. they're just, you know, making things yeah. up. You know, listen, listen. And, and also for parents, have a conversation about your child, whether your child is bullied or not, but have a conversation with your child. What would you do if, yeah. what would you do if you saw someone being bullied? Let them know if you were bullied as a child, have that conversation and know who your child's friends are and ask your child, well, what's going on? What, what's going on in your classroom? Ask them about their various classmates so that you get to know the environment. And also ask the teachers, what are you doing about bullying situations? Now the teachers might say, oh, we're following school policy. Mm -mm. What are you doing in your classroom? I wanna know what you're doing. And as far as trying something new like me with running, don't be afraid, go for it. Learn new things. Expose yourself to new opportunities. You don't have to get out there and be a sprinter like me. But if, but if there's something in your past that you were good at or something that you dreamed of doing and said no or life got in the way, 
just go ahead. If you want it to be a writer, take some writing classes. If you want it to be a chef, if you're 80 and you want to learn how to be a ballerina, go up there and do it. Find the joy in it. Do it. And if you're not very good at it, that's okay, too, because at least you expose yeah. yourself to it you, and you're you learning. Give it about. a go. Just you give, give it, it a go. go. Just yeah. give it a go. Anything's <laughs> possible. Anything's possible. Thank you so much, Madonna. Thank you for this opportunity, Tim. You're welcome. The Tim Hill Podcasts. Ordinary people's extraordinary stories. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.